Okay, so this is something funny that I wasn't really <laughs> going to talk about on the podcast, but I was thinking about it, and I feel like this happens to a lot of people all the time, so why not talk about it? I was at the stand yesterday, comedy club and the restaurants. Next Monday, October 18th, 7 p.m., we have the Ted Jones Comedy Show at, at the stand, NYC Comedy Club and Restaurant, 116 East 16th Street in Manhattan, Union Square. So I was at the stand yesterday shooting a promo video. And for those of you guys who follow Ted Jones World on Instagram, if you don't, you totally should follow it. We have all the juice there on comedy shows. And obviously, we throw up um, a lot of hilarious posts there. But that's besides the point. So I went to the stand yesterday. And usually when I go to the stand, I text the manager there. And I'm like, I'm coming to shoot a promo video. So this particular time (laughs) yesterday, I didn't text any of the managers or anyone that I was coming to the stand. I was just in the area. I figured, okay, I'll stop by, shoot a promo video. When I was at the stand the last time, one of the owners there showed me how to turn on the lights on the stage. Like you push those three um, little arrow things going forward. I'll show you guys here on the soundboard what I mean. Like you press some of these things and you go upwards, whatever. Some of the switches or dials, however you may say. So I went to the stand yesterday. I pushed the three dials up, which is what I was initially showed to do to turn on the lights on the stage. And the board there, the soundboard, went black. You know, went the, all the lights shut off is like the soundboard and the light board. So as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, was this supposed to happen? I, basically, it turned out to be a nightmare. The lights did not go on the stage. And then about like two hours after I shot that video, I heard from a couple of the managers at the stand and the owner at the stand. They were pissed at me because the lights were not working. So, guys, I'd say before you go in and do anything, you know, you think you got all this power (laughs) and, you know, you think you could do something without the help of anyone just makes sense to get help from somebody who works there just because you don't want to jam anybody up. And in this certain situation, I feel bad I did jam um, everybody up in terms of the lights and I guess the sound not working. It was like a few minutes that they had to figure it out, but everybody reached out to me and was like, did you mess with the lights? So I feel bad about that. And guys, just be careful when you're messing with... uh, technology, lighting, sound situation. That was not good. But the people at the stand, I'm sorry. And we'll see you guys next week, next Monday, October 18, 7 p.m. Check the link in this video, this YouTube video. We'll have the Ted Jones Comedy Show links there. Or go to Ted Jones World Instagram or thestandnyc.com to get tickets. But love everybody over there. And I'm sorry for messing that up, guys. And it won't happen again. Everybody be careful when you're messing with technology equipment you know this is something that could happen very fast you can fuck up shit super quick like one of my buddies okay i don't remember what episode it is guys but we had dj an international man of mystery uh my buddy nick rounder come on the podcast uh, a number of episodes ago he djs at marquee frequently if you guys have never heard of marquee it's on like i, I believe it's like 26th street and 10th avenue huge uh, club where they have like 500 people. So, you know, usually when you're a DJ, you have people in the DJ booth messing around, dancing, drinking, whatever. A girl was in the DJ booth one time. This is when Nick was spinning at 2.30 a.m. And she put her drink like right next to the sound mixer and her entire drink fell on the sound mixer. So for 20 minutes, there was no music in the club. You just got to be careful with technology. You know, you never really... 
you can never really be too careful. So that's the last time I go to the stand without letting anybody know and try and turn on the lights and mix, mess with the sound. But any, everything turned out to be okay there. I didn't get in as much trouble as one would have thought. But as soon as I saw those text messages on my phone, like my heart stopped. I thought that I messed up all the, the Saturday night shows. And I'm sure, you know, if you guys have been at your office or something, maybe you send an email to somebody that you weren't supposed to send that email to or you mess up something that you shouldn't have messed up, but it's okay. You live and you learn. So now I know I won't go to the stand and mess with the lighting and soundboard ever again. So let's not do that, guys. All right. Okay. So I have a, a coffee water stitch here. As you guys can see, if you're watching on the Ted Jones World YouTube channel, I always do this. I'll have a Trenta Iced coffee from Starbucks. That's where realistically I've been getting my coffee for like the last at least three months, almost every single day. And I'll fill it up with water after. Sometimes we'll get a hint of coffee and water flavor and um, the color will be a little bit brown, watery. But, you know, I like to reuse the cups that I am using throughout the day whatever don't need so many cups but do you guys have coffee water and also second question do you guys also have a coffee addiction as well i feel like over 50 percent of people that i speak to drink a coffee every day you know we don't really talk so much about the coffee addiction we'll talk about the oxycodone or oxycodone i'm not sure how to pronounce i think it's oxycodone addiction We'll talk about the Percocets. We'll talk about the weed addiction. We'll talk about the working hard, working out addictions. But we don't really talk about the coffee addiction so much. And Starbucks has really nailed that to us, huh? Like every time you guys go to Starbucks, if you don't have enough money in your little account, you got to reload it. And then you go to Starbucks and you have those reward points. And the thing is, what I heard about Starbucks is... Every, every time you keep a balance in your rewards, like your Starbucks membership rewards points, they use that money to go get more money. So they use it as debt on the company or they use it to go get debt, excuse me. So on the balance sheet at Starbucks, let's say that Starbucks makes, I have no idea, makes $5 billion um, in New York every year, right? So Every time that somebody has like, let's say $4.55 on their Starbucks account, Starbucks will go to banks and say that that extra money that they have, people have in their Starbucks accounts, they can go out and try and get more money for the company. So a sneaky way that Starbucks uses their own customers to get more debt towards the company, but also a clever way. I figure that like, if you don't have a coffee in the morning and you're addicted to it, chances are you don't mind having those few extra dollars on your account because you're like, oh, well, maybe I will have a Starbucks at this time. But people who are just leaving amounts of money in their Starbucks account, it's used to get money from other companies or from banks in terms of when you're thinking about Starbucks. So there's a little um, info that maybe you didn't know if you think Starbucks is being tricky, but whatever, their coffee is so darn good and I'm definitely addicted to it. And having it every day is a sign of addiction. But I'm addicted to a lot of other things too. Imagine I come on here, I'm like, I'm addicted to air, water, peeing. Am I addicted to smoking weed? I don't know, guys. You tell me. I do it probably almost as much as I drink coffee every day. You know what I'm saying? I don't drink alcohol every day. And I'm thankful that I like weed more than uh, alcohol. 
Maybe you guys at home don't understand that or you're thinking like, well, I'd much rather have a glass of wine each night than smoke weed, you know. But I think just in the scheme of things, weed is probably healthier than alcohol. You know what I mean? No calories in weed. It's a plant. Alcohol can mess up your liver a little bit. Maybe the next day you're feeling hungover, groggy. But weed can kind of do the same thing, which is funny. Um, It being Sunday today when I'm recording this, I'm, you know, releasing this to you guys on Monday. So happy Monday. But I woke up Saturday morning and I just felt so hungover because Friday night I smoked so much weed. I don't know if that ever happens to you guys. You get like a weed hangover. That definitely doesn't happen to me as much or as frequently as I would if I were to drink, you know, like eight drinks in a night. I would definitely feel like more shit than I would if I was uh, smoking weed. I mean, but it's different. You know, if you're smoking eight joints (laughs) and drinking uh, eight alcoholic beverages, I would think that the eight joints would give you just as much of a hangover, you know, compared to if I'm smoking two joints on a Friday night, I probably won't feel as weed hungover as I would if I were to drink eight drinks, but whatever, it's all relative. Happy. I'm not addicted to alcohol. And guys, if you are drinking every night, I think like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a health expert or whatever, but I think that switching alcohol out for weed sometimes is a good play. A lot of people don't like weed because it makes them feel paranoid. But when I go out to dinner, which isn't a lot, you know, as you guys know, I don't like spending money. I talk about it on this podcast. I just really enjoy saving it and throwing it into crypto. But I get seltzers when my boys are having drinks at dinner. I find that like having that little bit of bubbly makes me feel um, like I am being slightly a bit of a badass. I was just talking about throwing money into crypto and I really do not hear from the younger generation in terms of crypto not being the future, right? You know, I'll hear from Warren Buffett and his uh, partner, Charlie Munger, saying that crypto is worthless. It doesn't make any sense. It's a Ponzi scheme bubble. And the older generation isn't into crypto. You know, I haven't heard a 40-year-old give an argument against Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other types of crypto, whatever it is, Solana, Uniswap, and even like Shiba Inu, some meme coin, Dogecoin. I haven't heard any younger people talk badly or talk poorly against crypto. You know, if you guys have anyone who actually has been talking shit about crypto and they're on the younger side, if you guys can send me an email, tedjonesworld at gmail.com. I'd love to just see what people have in terms of like the younger generation has in terms of what they're going to, or what their decision against crypto is. You know, if they're like, I'm not investing in crypto because of this. Now, do I know 100% about crypto? No, but I feel like it's the wave of the future. You know, it seems like it's the, when the internet started to come out and people slowly started to use it, you know, the older generation was like, oh, it's just a fad. Like, there's no way crypto is a fad. Way too many people are involved in crypto. And even you see institutions want to invest in Bitcoin over gold. You know, look at the traction of gold and Bitcoin in the last 10 years. Who's done better? Obviously, Bitcoin. And it seems like every year the value of gold is going down. Also, this is a side note, and people in crypto have talked about this. I'd rather have, let's say, $100,000 in Bitcoin, you know, than $100,000 in gold. Like, how am I going to carry my gold bars to my next apartment, you know? I got to hire security. I got to get 
five guys to help me take my $100,000 worth of gold to my next apartment, whatever. Bitcoin, it's on the internet, it's on your little hard wallet, it's on your Coinbase account, so much easier to transfer and play with. And then, you know, the gas fees are lower than they would be as if you're trying to get your gold from Switzerland to Florida, whatever it is, guys. I am all for crypto, and I think that crypto is going to be the wave of the future, but that's besides the point, considering I don't really even know so much about crypto. I just think that it's the wave. You know what I mean, guys? I think that it's continuously going up while it is volatile, volatile, and there are some coins that are going up and down and up and down. You can't really track it so much. There will be a point within the next few years where it starts to become steady and Bitcoin could overtake gold. Bitcoin will be the digital gold. It's just easier to get it from one computer to another computer. And more people are getting internet access as the days go on. Companies are, excuse me, countries are accepting Bitcoin as currency. So you're going to start to see Bitcoin and other cryptos um, really take place in society. When will that happen? I don't know. But the fact that we've printed 40% of all the money that's in circulation, we've printed it this year, that can't be good for inflation. So crypto's the new wave. Um, yeah, <laughs> imagine I'm like, you heard it here first. You guys definitely didn't hear it here, hear it here first. That was a hear it here. I say, I said it twice, like here with your ears, it here at this place first. But guys, I don't really know so much about crypto. We'll get a crypto specialist on the podcast sooner rather than later. But like the only real people that are talking shit about cryptocurrency are people over 45 years old. Am I right? They're like invest in bonds, invested yield stocks. A person who I really do admire in terms of like growing your money is a guy like Grant Cardone says invest in cash flow, positive real estate. I think that makes sense. If you invest in something and it's paying you every month, cool. By all means, do that. But if you're investing in gold and you see every month or rather every single year it's going down, it doesn't make too much sense. Crypto is flying. Look at Bitcoin the last 10 years, guys. It has been a crazy trend upwards. So I imagine that it's going to continue to do so, even though governments are putting regulations on it. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, figure it out. So look for crypto to keep going up positively all right maybe next week bitcoin will be down 10 percent, but maybe the week after that it'll be up another 10 percent. so i'm really only seeing the older generation talking negatively about it i really again i'm not seeing 40 year olds saying that crypto isn't the wave of the future and if you guys are seeing this i would love to read an article on that ted jones world at gmail.com people thinking that it's just a fad i don't think it's a fad but, um, you know, what the shiz do I really know? You know what I mean, guys? That's wild. Okay. So let's talk um, about Mr. Olympia. I'm not sure if you guys are following this, but I think that, like, the idea of health and wellness becoming to the forefront of people's mind, maybe, you know, people eating less red meat, hopefully more people going vegan because that's the full move. Uh, a lot more attention on Mr. Olympia than I think that there's ever been, or at least since like the pumping iron days of like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was um, competing in Mr. Olympia. Uh, this was a pay-per-view event. I unfortunately didn't pay the $60 just because like I'm not going to pay $60 for a pay-per-view event. And I want to let you guys in on um, a little bit of the thought process that I even had probably like nine months ago, I was getting really into following bodybuilding, watching YouTube and all these guys and their workouts. 
And I was following this guy, Chris Bumstead, who actually just won Mr. Olympia. This is a guy who's like 6'2", around the same height as me. I'm 6'2", maybe a little bit taller. But the guy weighs, no joke, 60 pounds more than me. And I've gotten to a really fit point in my life, or when I consider to be really fit. If you guys check out this um, little side-by-side I'm doing right here, this was me at six foot two, 170 pounds. I haven't been this cut up in my entire life. Like, look, you can see the abs bulging out. Like, everything was super cut. But I was starving. Every day I'd wake up and it would be like, I really had to watch my calorie food intake. And it was like, I had to be working out every single day, at least six days a week for an hour and a half each. I was lifting for an hour, maybe an hour, 10 minutes, then running for 20 to 30 minutes every single day. And it was watching everything that was going into my body, fasting like once every two weeks, only eating in a certain calorie window. And you guys can see how like shredded I am here, but I was so freaking hungry. And then about like six months ago, I tried to bulk and I got up to my heaviest, which is 195 pounds. Right now, I'm about at 184, 185 pounds. And I think for me, this is a place where I can keep my weight and I'm still comfortable. I can eat for the most part uh, as much as I want. I don't really have to watch my diet as much to maintain this weight. But when I was 195 pounds, I felt like I was force feeding myself. And in a sense, I kind of was. You know, if you guys check out this picture right here, I'm putting this up at 62195. There was just no room for me to be cut. You know, like I've been messing with my weight from like a 25 uh, pound kind of perspective, whether I was 170 pounds when I was super cut or 195 pounds. And I was uncomfortable at 195 pounds. I just felt like my clothes weren't fitting. I felt like a little bit fuller, you know, like my muscles were full, but I just didn't see the cuts in my abs, which I really like to see for the most part in my legs. So for a bodybuilder like Chris Bumstead to be 6'2", 240 pounds and just super freaking shredded, it's just interesting how, uh, I mean, steroids are never really a topic of conversation when people want to be professional bodybuilders, right? Like, In order for you to be Mr. Olympia or to be competing, you got to be taking something. You got to be taking steroids or some form of SARMs. And if you guys don't know what SARMs are, SARMs are like steroids stepbrother, I'd say. I I would say SARMs are like steroids cousin, but like SARMs really do a lot to your body in terms of like bulking and cutting up your muscles. SARMs, if you try it, you can buy them online and like... This was a period of my life like nine months ago where I was seriously thinking about taking SARMs. There have been a number of celebrities who have taken SARMs. And the thing is with SARMs, you can't really find them on a drug test. So like people take SARMs to get more cut. When you have stretch marks like that on your shoulder, it's typically because your body internally is just trying to grow so much. So whether that's you're taking SARMs or steroids or not, you're just working out really hard in the gym, I don't know. But SARMs are a lot you can... It's a lot harder to tell if you've taken SARMs, but SARMs will cut you up. And you can really be 6'2", 195 and be super cut. But from my experience being 6'2", and 195, I wasn't that cut at all. I just felt like I was full. I can see it a little bit on my face, that my face was fuller. My muscles were definitely bigger than they've ever been. But to be 6'2", 195 and be super shredded and super cut... 
I don't know. I just feel like that's not the case. I've talked a lot on this podcast about people being over 190 at 6'2 and being super cut. Like, how how does that work? Even right now, 6'2, 185 is like around what, what I'm at. I have, I'm not super cut. You know, like I feel like my muscles are bigger. I feel fuller. I'm definitely like in good shape. I'm happy about it. I'm working out almost every single day and running too. But the most cut that I ever was, I was 15 pounds lighter than I am right now. And I was dying. I was starving. You know, like my other muscles became smaller, like, you know, my arms, shoulders, pecs and everything. But like, that's when my abs were really protruding, you know? So... To be 6'2", 195, if you're looking super shredded, send over a picture, please. I'd love to see it, tedjonesworld at gmail.com. And that's not even sexual. I would just love to see you guys as his body if you're really not on anything. You haven't taken any SARMs, no steroids. I would just love to see what you guys are looking like because steroids and SARMs are big these days. And apparently one out of every 12 guys that go to the gym now are either on steroids or SARMs. I read that in like a men's health article a couple of weeks ago, which is interesting to see because at the gym that I go to, that's probably a, a good call. One of out of every 12 guys that I see in the gym is probably taking a SARMs or a steroid. Have I thought about taking SARMs? For sure. Have I thought about taking steroids? No. But SARMs, what would happen? I'd gain like 15 pounds of muscle, get super cut, but they don't have human trials for SARMs yet. You know, they've tested it on lab rats and it works and everything. So when you try and buy SARMs online, it's like, this is for animals. This has not been tested on humans. So we'll see what happens in terms of like the health effects because SARMs have really become prevalent within like the last five years or so when people don't want to take steroids, they'd rather take SARMs because it's, it's stepbrother. It doesn't get you as big and full. Like steroids, let's say if I were to take steroids, I'd probably gain 25 pounds. Whereas if you take SARMs, you gain like 15 pounds. Both of them questionable for your health. SARMs, less questionable. Uh, People are taking them. The younger generation is taking them, getting into bodybuilding. But we'll see what happens with that, guys. So that is my two cents on Mr. Olympia. And I would would say if you're going to be in Mr. Olympia, you probably got to take steroids instead of SARMs. So, guys, we do have um, an interesting listener email today that I would like to get to Ted I see you are wearing a sweatshirt t-shirt or Ted Jones world hat every time you record the podcast where can I get some merch so guys right now we're not selling merch for a specific price but if you guys email me I'll get back to you Ted Jones world at gmail.com or shoot me a DM would love to get you guys some merch and for the time being We'll just have you pay shipping and handling. Or if you guys come to a Ted Jones comedy show, we do throw out shirts every single show, whether it's three or four shirts, depending on how big that particular show is. Come to a Ted Jones comedy show. You have a great chance of getting merch at one of those shows for free. Or if you guys send me a DM here or shoot me a message on email, tedjonesworld at gmail.com, we'll send you some merch and uh, just pay for shipping. And um, it's no problem here, all right? All right, guys, this was um, a fun episode. I'm happy y'all tuned in. But guys, don't forget to come to this next Ted Jones Comedy Show Monday, October 18th, 7 p.m. And if you guys can't make it to that show, it's a little bit early for you. Don't worry. You guys can come to the show after that, which is Halloween night. 
Saturday night, October 30th. We're starting at 11.59 p.m. I don't want to confuse you, but yes, it is that midnight, uh, that Saturday show, October 30th. What am I going to be? I haven't fully decided yet. Am I going to be James Bond? Am I going to be Elle Woods? Am I going to be a rock star? <laughs> Am I going to be a um, cross-dresser? Who freaking knows? But it's going to be exciting, and I can't wait to see you guys at this show coming up in one week from today. Check the link in this YouTube video or in the Spotify description, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you guys are listening to the Ted Jones World Podcast. And we'll see you guys at one of these shows, okay? All right. Can't wait. Peace.